I, all my guitars are basically black. Mine are for the most part too. Yeah, I just I love the look of a black guitar. Even when I see one that I like, I like. I'm like man, that would look really nice if it was black. Yep. <laughs> Be a lot cooler if it was black. <laughs> Same way with everything, cars, yeah, bikes. Kind of comes with the territory a little bit. <laughs> In your shirt. Yeah. Welcome, my friends, to Suns Out, Mike's Out, a Cobras and Fire podcast brought to you by the Pantheon Podcast Network and the only show sticking it where the sun does shine. Uh, I'm sitting here, and I know you as Freaky from Flip. That was my how you came into my universe. Um, I was a really big fan and followed uh, Flip around quite a bit. Saw many shows that uh, you performed on. I, I think I only caught two shows with Cherry, so it was really close to when you joined that I first saw Flip. Um, but, of course, I'm talking to Randy... Uh, Ingebrigtsen, did I get that right? Perfect, man. All right on, man. Perfect. Uh, that's got some Scandinavian background to it, yeah. <laughs> right on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, you're from St. Cloud, Minnesota. Yep. Yeah. It's a little more don't you know up there than it is down here. We still got it, but uh, it, like born and raised or just kind of born and... Born and raised, yep. I We moved... I lived in every neighborhood you can imagine, in Sauk Rapids, White Park, Sartell, White Park's got a brand new amphitheater. Rice. I know, I saw that, and Sauk Rapids as well. Oh, wow. Uh, Russ Olson, a friend, mutual rock and roller friend, uh, I think he had, he has something to do with it. I'm not exactly sure the venue in Sauk Rapids. Uh, Arena played there last weekend, and uh, Stretch opened the venue hmm. with an acoustic set followed by Strange Days. Anyway, yeah, so I I probably moved every two years my whole childhood until right. I was 18. Yeah, so there's a, the only mutual friend I have from St. Cloud is also on a friend through Facebook. Do you happen to know Izzy Presley? He has yeah. his own podcast. Yeah, so. yeah. All right. Do you know him well? <laughs> yeah, very well. Um, I just uh, we're finished be meeting him in, in a, a few weeks here, but yeah, totally, dude. He was just here last week yeah. when he was here for the beer run. He came over and sang and played guitar on "Speeding Back to My Baby." We recorded it for him. Oh so man! So he had a little. Something to promo is act band. Now, is that something that that's just for him? Like, could I get a sample and drop it in the show at some point? Yes, for sure. He texted me last night and said that he wants to um, release it on the twentieth because Eddie Trunk said he'll play it on his show that night. Oh boy! Or that day. I got that text from him literally as I was falling asleep at like six this morning. We're kind of on the same time because he, 
you know, stays awake all night too. <laughs> and even though we're two hours apart, we always seem to hit each other in the morning. But yeah, so I played drums with his act band mm-hmm. in St. Cloud before the epidemic. Okay. And with my Matt Moline. Do you know Matt from my old I, band? I know the name Freak. I've been, uh, is he in act? Yeah, he played, well, act's kind of whoever, whatever musician is available. Okay. So when he came to basically Minnesota, gets, yeah, right. yeah, the first time he was here, Cherry, Greg Item from mm-hmm. Flip, played bass with him. And this past time, I did, I played drums. So Matt played bass, and then Mick, uh, <laughs> the guitar player. Mick, his name is Mick, I think, but I, I'm not sure. Son of a bitch. Anyway, we rehearsed up here for the show, and then we did one show in, in just outside of St. Cloud somewhere, some little some little place and uh while he was here i'm like dude we should just record an ace song i fucking love ace and it would be easy and we never got around to doing it and then it coincided with stretch and me and happy all raving over the lick for speeding back to my baby that intro guitar lick because when i played it with with paul uh, with uh tommy izzy the guitar player didn't have it he didn't there's a, a really weird fucking thing that you, you be have to play it right. Yeah. And Stretch just didn't know it. He's not an Ace Freely fan. <laughs> I mean, he appreciates them. I, I swear to God. Yeah. But he's not, you know, he doesn't have his solo album in his car. But uh, I sent it to him and I'm like, dude, figure this out. There's a swag to this. And he's like, oh, yeah, that's sexy. And he but he figured he, he uh. nailed it. And after he kind of played it slow for me then i was able to get it it's kind of like a golf swing you can swing it you can play it but can you nail it you know can can you make a chick want to get out there and dance to that guitar lick <laughs> we actually talked on that on our last episode that we recorded anyway um the the guy the, the our normal show uh the other co-host he, he's never you know he, he dinks around music a little bit but he's never been in a band anything like that and he was asking me if i could offer any insight as to why like sometimes a clearly talented musician can't play Kiss. You know what I mean? I'm like, for me, it really does come down to caring. You know, a lot of them really just don't. From my experience, the people that like, if they really don't, if they have no respect for Kiss, hundred percent, you're just not gonna. Well, there's two. There's two ways to look at that. What you're saying is that they don't care, and there's also when they do care, but they just can't do it. And, right. and it's, that's more me. It's ACDC. <laughs> Who did yeah. you say? That, no, I said kiss. I'm, yeah. It's AC, kiss, kiss ACDC, yeah. the Ramones, Aerosmith to a certain extent, Aerosmith. Totally. Um, you know, those kind of bands that people think are bad bands because they're one dimensional. It's like, that's fine. Maybe they're one dimensional, but that's what makes them, makes them, them. That's what makes the swing, the swing. Like, if you can see Steven Adler's Guns N' Roses, yeah. it's fucking amazing because really? it's him playing drums. Yeah. And it's him that, you know, anybody can sound like Axel. And I think for the most part, there's a million Slash guys out there. And Steven Adler's current Guns N' Roses band, the guy really goes out of his way to do the Axel moves and to look <laughs> right like on. him and everything. Little, so it's a total deal. tribute band, 100%. <clears throat> But Steven playing guitar or drums, if you're in the back of the arena not giving a shit, just hanging out mm. with people, you hear all those songs, you will be dancing and swaying because it's that's the guy who played the drums to those songs. Same with the Ramones. ACDC, fucking huge ACDC. If you can't play like those guys, you just sound like a computer chip. 
you yeah. know, covering a song. I saw a meme today that I, that it was like a it's supposed to be like a joke about on a guitar store. These are the songs you can't play, and it had like yeah. all the like Sweet Home Stairway Alabama, to Stairway, that kind of stuff, and it had. Any ACDC song, unless you know more than just a little part to play, how, know how to properly play just a little part. Yeah. You know, I'm like, that resonated with me. It's like, you know, first of all, learning ACDC, I know what that's like. It's like, oh, it's so easy. And then, like, no, I'm sorry. No, this is, no. I, I think Kiss is easier than ACDC. When it's all mashed together, you got to make it band, sound right. It's like, yeah, that sounds easy. But when you just take the, you know, it's really cool that you can hear all the isolated tracks on the internet now yeah. because of those guitar hero and rock band <laughs> games. That's why all those isolated tracks are out there now. I didn't know that. And, That's cool. Oh my God. It's so, I can listen to John Bonham isolated drone tracks all day. Like, like, you know, put it on shuffle. I, it's I, so musical and just so amazing. And Eddie's soloed guitar tracks. Like, just give me the rhythm tracks. I'll listen to them all day long. Yeah. I recently got uh, gained appreciation for Bonham that I didn't have prior. I was never really a big Zeppelin guy, but I just a lot of those recordings sounded kind of like I don't know. It's a lot of noise on the drums. I don't. I don't get. That. I think yeah, he hits hard and thunderous like that. I like, <laughs> but no, that dude. I I was under 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 underwhelmed i i wasn't giving him enough credit is what i'm trying yeah. to get at man well maybe it just didn't play to you until right a that certain was part point. of it is that like you know it wasn't really my band to begin with man but. i love when that shit happens to yeah. me it's cool at that this it still age yeah. yes where you're like i never got this band and like that happened to me about three years ago with matthew sweet you hip to him yeah Dude, I knew Girlfriend, and my old band used to do Sick of Myself. We covered Sick of Myself, which I love. But for some reason, I never went into his catalog for some weird reason. When I moved here, for some reason, I just started listening, and I... He turned in the like, I don't think I listened to anything else for two and a half years. Just every single... I bet 80% of his song. Yeah, it was so great. I was texting all my friends just like, dude, you got to listen to this guy. They're like, yeah, yeah, we know. He's great. I've seen him four times. I'm like, yeah. So it's still cool when that shit can happen. And and uh, a lot of times, too, it, it it's people pointing stuff out to mm-hmm. you. Someone goes, hey, did you? Especially this far into your life, it's like you've kind of just accepted this for what it is, and yeah, yeah. now someone's got to shine a light on a part you missed. Yeah, I kind of feel like I'm still that way with Pink Floyd. Like I'm still due to have a Pink Floyd freak out. Okay, because <laughs> I love them. Don't get me wrong. And Faith and I just did a cover of Hey You, nice. and um, I love the movie, but I've just never done the deep dive, the freak out. You know? Yeah, I guess I haven't really either. I, I recently bought the Wall on vinyl. <laughs> Um, first time I listened to it since I was probably 15 or 16 and I did the same thing I turned the lights off put the headphones on and ate Do it proper beginning to the end man <laughs> yeah. but uh, well we're, we're getting pretty far into the show let me get let's get your proper resume out Hold here on. Randy. I want to I want to oh. go on this before we okay. forget I I had faith my girlfriend uh, experienced 2112 like a year ago you, <laughs> guys if you ever have the a chance to do that well she's she's weird because she's a music freak anyway so yeah. so it wasn't that big of a battle but if you have a normal girlfriend that scoffs at rush like what a great thing get the lyrics put them on the TV or on your laptop put the headphones <laughs> on her if you have a great stereo and play 2112 it's in you know the side one and tell her don't follow ahead ahead in the lyrics you know if you can put it on your laptop so you have to scroll so they can't look ahead on the lyrics yeah, and they right. sit and listen i guarantee there isn't a chick that can walk away from that without going fucking cool wow 
right, I'll give it a shot. My wife's not a big Rush hater, but she definitely doesn't doesn't go into it too much. Yeah. Uh, she'll be a test for me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm talking with Randy. Uh, like I said, you were freaky, useless, and Flip. Uh, and if my memory serves right, you had a, uh, your own band right after Flip uh, called Useless. Is that correct? Yes, sir. And then, of course, just recently, Hairball. Was there anything in between that I missed? Or yeah, the Dead Cowboys. Okay, I was. I played drums in the Dead Cowboys with Happy on guitar and Bob Jensen on lead vocals and guitar and Al Johnson, Alice, who was my bass player in Useless, was the bass player in the Dead Cowboys. And we were a southern rock meets heavy rock cover band. Uh, I don't want to open that can of worms. Super fun band. (laughs) So, you know, Hairball hadn't exploded at that point yet. So this was a side project for us, but it was super, super fun. Uh, Happy, has he been in Hairball the whole time? I know they've had it. No. Okay. No. Him and Bob joined kind of about the same time. I think like four or five years in, five, six years in or something like that. It's been a long run then still. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. But that those were the extent of the bands i believe i was i played bass in planet melvin too i don't know if you know melvin james no um the I crash heard that name, though. Kids. That's local then? yeah yeah okay. he's a he's he's the original bryn oh <laughs> uh, <laughs> elaborate bryn has has borrowed a lot from from melvin is he as old as bryn or um i think he might be a year or two older a little bit older okay i'm not sure that it when you get to that point it's all the same or right? him and bryn so, friends but i or think they grew up or yeah i don't know to be honest um i know he's known of him and and uh you know they were buds and still are buds and uh but it was just you know because i'd looked up to bryn as a songwriter since mm-hmm. the obsession days when i was a kid seeing him at the ballrooms I love the songwriting, and when I started playing with with Melvin, <laughs> hearing all these songs, I'm like, "Whoa, whoa, look at that! Ooh, <laughs> oh, okay, I see where that came from." But you know, everybody—I mean, it's only been done originally one time ever, so yeah, everything. So everything comes from somewhere. Who gives uh, a shit? I love the Beatles, but they had a, a pretty clean slate when they were starting, you know right? what I mean? So. But even, you know, Lennon and McCartney will say, they'll be like, oh, God, if it wasn't for Chuck Berry or if it oh, wasn't right. for their guys, then, you know, who's the ultimate guy that sits at high up top of the mountain that <laughs> played a pissed off guitar, the very first one? You know? Satan. <laughs> Satan. <laughs> you started all this stuff according to my church. So. <laughs> totally, man. Uh, Taking a little bit back to Flip now. Um, well, I have a couple questions for you. I have a memory of, of I think it was you and uh, Kai in um, in studio at 93X. And I believe you're doing some kind of name that tune thing. Do you recall if that would have happened? It for sure would have happened. We did so many shows, morning shows. Yeah, you're on a lot. But this one stuck out to me because out of the blue, you whipped out a Vandenberg tune, um, uh, Burning Heart, right? (laughs) I was like, what? I mean, no one's going to guess it. Dude, we do it in our live set, our acoustic set. Faith and I do it. Wow. Yeah. That's not a track you hear a lot of people whip out. You know what I mean? It's like That's kind of our thing. Uh, We're doing those songs that you go, oh, fuck, I haven't heard that since I was two. Right on. Yeah. But they're still kick-ass, and that's one of them. And, you, you know, some of those riffs you hear, like, uh, let's see what it is. Remember that cult yeah. song? Ciao, baby? Yeah, ciao, baby. 
that's the kind of stuff we're pulling out for right our, our, our little acoustic set. So, well, anyway, that was yeah. a cool. Man. I really, there's no question there. It's like sweet. So did it. they play it and I named it or something? Oh, no, no, or? vice versa. Like you were actually playing songs and they oh, have to. Oh, oh, cool, um, cool, cool. And uh, and then yeah, you threw that in there, and I was just like, and I'm like. I'm like, listen, I'm like, I might be the only person listening right now that knows <laughs> yeah. this. You know, it's like, you know, and that's not, that's not a brag. I'm like, that's just not a song that's out there. You totally, know? man. They're, uh, yeah. Isn't it amazing how like those first two Vandenberg records, like everybody I knew had them. They were just, <laughs> they, they stood right next One to Back I in Black to me and uh, like in my click. But then I like the opening track and the one after that record uh, all the way. Um, I think you, I, I, your love is in vain. Uh, heading, heading to heading. To I, a I may storm have, I have my, my chronological hand. Vandenberg uh, off in there. So. <laughs> I should have believed what they said. Now it's too late to go back. Turn out like I planned Seems I'm gonna go up to the end Two cops are killed by my gun Yeah, they were, they were kind of Van Halen-y Yeah, a little bit but I dug it. It's it's man. There's a fine line in the '80s. How old you were, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I it, like you could be literally like a year off somebody and have a totally different. Like mm-hmm. me and Bren were kind of on that cusp of. You're significantly he, younger than him, though. Yeah, right? yeah. I don't know how much, but enough to where it was. <laughs> you know, he liked. I think the crossover was like Alice Cooper, probably. Like there were songs of Alice Cooper, like um, "How You Gonna See Me Now." That hit me at a super pivotal point, and he laughs when he hears that song. Like, yeah, it's such a fucking top ten piece of shit. Oh, really? And he's deep into the real Alice. I'm more with you on this one. So I'm, you know, but then I crossed the line at Frankenstein and and Poison. That's mm. where I'm like out. That's where I think he's. I like the Frankenstein. There's the 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 feed my Frankenstein. Yeah, Yeah, okay. Because there's also teenage Frankenstein. Um, But I'm I'm with you on poison, man. I was just like this, even for this genre of music, this is kind of shitty. Yeah. And ZZ Top went there too with yeah. some of their stuff, and Turbo Lover Priest did. It's like they all did what they had to do, but I just thought it was it's it's a really weird place where you're like, and Izzy, you know, he his first Kiss show was one of the non-makeup shows and that changed his life and to me that's like oh my god dude i used to laugh at kiss fans at that point you know we were so overdone with them and they were such a bon jovi piece of shit band he's like (laughs) fuck you man it's like i know i'm just busting your balls but it's weird right i came in at 77 but i was seven years old and my family was dirt poor, and they sure weren't into taking kids to Kiss concerts. So <laughs> I didn't get to see a concert that I wanted to go to until I had my own car and money to buy my own ticket. And that happened to be the Crazy Nights tour for Kiss. So 
And it blew your shit? No, it was good and I really enjoyed it. But like, I have to admit, like there was this part of me that like expected something different. I really didn't get that at Kiss Experience until the first reunion show that I saw. Okay. And then when I saw them come out and it was just Well, like, it wasn't, bam. you're saying it was your first Kiss concert or your yeah. first concert ever? Oh no, I had been to uh, okay, a that, couple. That, not, not many. That makes a huge difference. What yeah. was your very first one? Um, it was either Pink Floyd or, uh, uh, I think it, 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 yeah, it was either Pink Floyd at the Dome or, um, Motley Crue, Girls, Girls, Girls. The timeline Ooh. is just, it's, it's right in there. So was a Motley thing. That must've been pretty cool. That was pretty sweet. That Now that one blew my mind just because, you know, that was the old Met Center and the, that concert experience doesn't really oh, yeah. exist anymore, you know, yeah, with the parking lot. And I'm like, I'm like, fuck seeing people just getting hammered and doing everything. I and, was too, I, that was my first show, Kiss 78. I, oh, I'm man. always on the, if it's 78 or 77, I know it's 78. You know it too? I know it. It's the one detective opened for them. On, it, it was the Live 2 Love Gun okay, Tour or whatever. Right. <clears throat> but I remember it, like, I didn't get to do any. I was in fifth grade. I didn't get to do any of the parking lot stuff. Yeah. And, you know, I was just too young to know what it was about or appreciate it. But my older cousins that went with me, my mom bought me the tickets. My aunt aunt and then a different couple of cousins kelly and kevin shout out to you if you're listening uh went with so i was kind of just a little five fifth grade kid you know i just did kiss in the talent show and got <laughs> yelled at by the principal and embarrassed and humiliated yeah. in front of the school by the principal and uh and our seats dude i i am not kidding it was either second or third last very last row top tier back of the arena like oh, there were was, two was, seats behind me or one row behind me. I can't remember. Very which. much my girls, girls, girls seats were like that. <laughs> Straight back. Were there screens for Motley at that point? No, I don't they think had so. a, they had this giant inflatable motorcycle that oh, yeah. ended up falling over on on, <laughs> on the, the stage. But we could actually see the top of the the light rig. You uh, know what I mean? Yeah, it's still. I know. Me too. It was. It didn't affect me. It was like I was so blown away by the fact that I was in the same building with Kiss. Yeah. <laughs> like it just kept blowing my mind that they're right there. They're, they're, they're two football fields away. <laughs> One, I guess, yeah. the Met Center, but they're in the same fucking building. And um, we, we happened to drive by the front of the hotel that they were leaving going from hotel to venue we drove by we were in the middle of the traffic jam in front of the hotel so there was a bunch of bodyguards with kiss logo shirts on from no. the hotel to the limos and red carpets and paul jean ace and peter with their hands over their face wow we were stuck right in front of that so i saw it and like my cousin was screaming like it was the beatles like I think that's where I got my tinnitus, where it started, <laughs> was her. She could, wouldn't stop screaming as loud as she possibly could because oh Kiss was like 20 feet in front of us without makeup on. And I just, over the, with all the people and stuff, and the way I could barely see, I saw Gene and who did Gene ride with? A Peter. The other two were already in the car, but I wow. caught a glimpse of that. <laughs> it was like... It was hard to concentrate at the concert because I was so freaked out by I just was fucking 20 feet away from Kiss without makeup. And you, when you were that age, you just thought they were superheroes. They yeah. weren't dudes, man. Very they much so. Yeah. And are you really a fan if you didn't have some embarrassing uh, grade school story related to Kiss, right? No. Yeah, that's why that should be the rule. Right Getting there. punched. <laughs> and got punched so many. But it was great when I did my thing in Pleasant View grade school. Pleasant View, you're still out there. That's where we did our little talent show and dressed up like Kiss. Some of our moms helped us do it. It was really cool. But I got the three 
best looking, most popular jock kids in the fifth grade to do it. Oh wow! Like I turned them around from beating the shit that's, out of me to that's like a bit of an, uh, an achievement yeah. in itself. I think I I worked it in by bringing rock and roll over and playing. Um, I didn't want to go with Beth because I didn't want it. You know, I wanted to work because because we had a class where you could bring a record and each kid got to play a song. God, why don't they do that anymore? That was the coolest fucking thing in the yeah. world where we had in fifth grade an actual whole. I remember that you bring a record in. Like, yeah. yeah. And uh, so I didn't want to play Beth because it was too easy, you know, and then even the cool kids, the jocks wouldn't like such a candy ass song. So I picked Hard Luck Woman and they everyone loved it. So two weeks later, I had them all talked into being in a Kiss tribute band to do one song for the talent (laughs) show. What is fun to dress up like Kiss? Oh, God. Every year. Tin foil, more tin foil. <laughs> <laughs> I, as I've gotten older, um, especially now that it's pretty easy to get a, a basically a, a perfect costume. Yeah, I, my appreciation leans more towards the make it as cheer, dirty and cheap as you can. Totally, have fun man. with it. Have fun with it. Yeah, the greatest ones I ever saw were at a Halloween party at First Ave one year. Four guys were the Kiss dolls in the packages. <laughs> Dude, it was breathtaking they literally were giant full-sized like boxes box with the plastic in front and everything yeah that's in, the super yeah. bad wigs and they just walked around <laughs> they were able to walk around in them god somebody has to have photos of that online you would think i'm belong to like 25 kiss forms well it's an amazing fucking costume idea I yeah that, really uh. <laughs> they had to have people help them walk up on stage. And shit. Uh, well, Flip had a lot of kiss uh, elements to to its oh, yeah. show, man. Um, yeah, Bill was everybody, Yeah, well, I, I definitely have to ask you about him. But like, what was everybody in the band a fan? Um, um, Kilo was the least fan of Kiss, but he still was because he's a cheesehead. Well, he's, Sabbath was his band, <laughs> okay. so you kind of fucked yourself. He's wearing a Sabbath shirt right here, right now. But yes, yes, yes. Yeah. I, I look, I can't help to take a cheap shot at somebody. <laughs> there you go, man. Factors, you and Tommy are good, or Izzy are brothers in arms that way. <laughs> um, yeah, to, to just say my piece on, on the whole Packer thing, remember yeah, when we had uh, Favre yeah. for those two seasons? I just listened to a podcast today where Sage Rosenfels, who was the backup quarterback then, yeah. kind of gave some behind-the-scenes fun stories of uh, of that whole year. Oh, dude, you got to share. Oh, I'll send it to you, man. Yeah, it was fascinating. Anyway, carry on. I thought those were two of the most exciting Viking seasons there ever The first ever one was were. amazing. You remember it kind of started slow, like maybe yes. Favre kind of lost it, yes. and then that San Fran game, it's just like went fucking ape shit. It was so fun, but I, I prayed to Lemmy on a Sunday basis, <laughs> please don't let us win the Super Bowl with him. If we win the Super Bowl with Brett Favre, we'll never. We could win every Super Bowl till the end of time, but you had to get over that four losing hump. With our quarterback. I would have been over it. I, I, I would have said exactly what you said, but I think about four games, and I'm like, ah, I think I'm okay with it. But uh, Oh, no. I couldn't have. No, I don't you, want a Super Bowl that. I want it, anybody else. You just, I love that we had him because he's a phenomenal fucking athlete, oh, he had, period. He's such a killer like, year, too. Yeah, and he looked like he was having so much fucking fun, just 
Chuck and the Ball, like a freak show. I loved all of it. I I loved it. I loved it. But I'm like, please don't let us win. Don't let us win. Okay, sorry. That's that's. Well, if you want a Needle Packer fans, anytime if they ever mention Favre, you just follow up with all time Viking great. Yeah. And that always. <laughs> he waited to give yeah. his best to uh, us. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that cheap shot that took him out, the yeah. Saints. Uh, I was like, that's it. That's what's cheers. keeping us out of the fucking Super Bowl. Yes, we got this. And now it's going to end in a huge controversy where the Saints, like, supposedly had a contract on, on him. Yeah. Like, who's I think someone, they proved it. Someone's going to get a new house uh, in Naples <laughs> they take out Favre. Uh, that, it's a difficult ending to, to a really fun oh season, God. man. I um, know. But it was, uh, it was exactly what it's for, entertainment purposes only. Yeah. When I was younger, I would take losses a lot harder. Now, uh, it's just during the game, I'm a little bit of a dipshit. But afterwards, I'm like, ah, it's just who cares? These yeah, guys I... are going to go eat and have something. <laughs> why, why, why should I be all worked up? They're going to go have a nice dinner after this. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, except for the, was it the 95 or 97 season? Oh, 98. 98. Yeah. Where Anderson the mis- missed yeah. the... I was at that game with Kai. So was we, I. we were. Hey, Kai... that was the first game we went to together. Not together. <laughs> were you in... Were you in radio, or did you work at? No, I, had, I just had season tickets. Okay, um, I was just a doofus. Kai had a connection at ninety three X. A few of them. Some of the guys were just really good friends. Is so he got he. We were sitting in Evander Holyfield seats because wow. he decided to just stay down on the field with the Falcons because okay. he was friends with them and shit. So his seats were just there in case he needed to wanted to whatever you know. Yeah. So we got him, and they were like fifth row, up up dead center. Did you, you show up with your mohawk? Mohawk full up purple, Viking horns painted on the side <laughs> white with the yellow, a little bit totally perfect. Right. Kai did it and just fucking did it perfect. And uh, I had some big weird professionally made fake teeth okay. that are all gnarly. <laughs> so I wore those and really fucked with a lot of people's heads because uh-huh. it's just so anyway. But I made Fox News on that on oh. that thing. Uh, some friends called from out of state and were like, dude, Zion Fox News, fucking throwing the horns with your horns and your mm. mohawk and Channel Five News. I hijacked one of their interviewers after the thing, and I got up right in the camera. I said, "You know what? You don't get to win a game when you drop passes in the end zone. You just go home and wash off the horns, but you keep the mohawk for next year." And I dropped the <laughs> mic and walked away, and they used it. it right, was great. I- Pushed a guy out of the way. Yeah, so now we just got done breaking any Viking fans' hearts listening to this, but uh, we brought up the two most recent shitty memories. But. God, that was the worst. I was so bummed out. And the guys from uh, Dimebag and Vinny were sitting, because Sabbath and Pantera were playing that night in town. Really? That night that we lost that game. And they were just sitting some few rows, like two, two or three sections down. I remember looking at them all the time, because they were Atlanta fans. Uh, co- I'm sorry, I have to correct you. Diamond Vinny, hardcore uh, cowboy, cowboy fan. fans, but it, oh, between the Vikings and okay, yeah, right. gotcha. Fair enough. Oh. I didn't go to the show. I was so depressed. <laughs> and dude, I swear to God, I got out to my car, started up, and blew the muffler off my car. So I had to sit in Vikings traffic, waiting to get out of next to the Metrodome. Yeah. <laughs> I honestly, I must have blacked out that whole. I have no idea what I did after the game. Um, Drunk? 
Oh yeah, yeah. I was definitely not. I wasn't blackout drunk. But the depression on top yeah, of it. Yeah, I've just. I've, my mind has said, "You don't need." Yeah. You don't need this. Go home. Go to on. bed. Yeah. That was. Now that is the time though, where like a loss, like especially a loss like that. I guarantee that my mood for at least a week was affected by it. It was horrible. It's just not man. worth it. it yeah, just, it was so so dreadful. Wasn't that the season that Moss? Did the he was tackled and he did the toss? No, that was um with a Culpepper year. I was like two oh, or three yeah, yeah. years later. Uh, okay. Yeah, with Tamo Williams, that play was great. Yeah, those there's those Culpepper years and the Moss years and the the th- the three receivers. God, those were so fun. Yeah, not it was his rookie year, so he uh, kind of yeah. So he he blew up and kind of changed things for us a little bit. Changed the environment in that stadium, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. I never really thought of that till now. Totally did. It was, it's all him. Turned it into a rock show. Yeah, made it hard to get tickets. I mean, made us. You know, if we couldn't make a game, we got a little easier to get rid of them. But uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, hey, uh, the last time I talked football, uh, a guy named Craig Smith, who you've never heard of, of course, because he's just some nobody. You motherfucker. Uh, he, he complained that, that we talked too much sports. So uh, we'll get back to, to flip here a little bit. I do have a question because, you know, back then. It was then, just enough. Um, we were just kind of at the cusp of, of the Internet when I first started. You know, when I moved, first moved to the Twin Cities, started taking in flip shows and trying to get my own band and stuff going. Um so a lot of stuff was rumor, you know what I mean? Uh, so clear a few things up for me. Uh, did you roadie for Flip bef- before joining the band? Is that yes. how you got the gig? That's that's true? Yes. Okay. Yep. You want to elaborate a little more? started or? out as... Uh, I basically started out by doing a website for him. I started Flip you Central. Flip, really? I'm Uncle Flip. Okay. I had no idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I divulged that in Izzy's interview a couple of years ago, but if not, then you got the exclusive on that. But yeah, I I was going <laughs> I to school for multimedia. That was I went from '95 to '97, and that's basically when the internet kind of took off. Mm-hmm. And so I was building websites on Netscape Navigator <laughs> because you could drop and drag stuff and do yeah. it. You didn't need to code. So I was doing things. And then I would steal code. Like, <laughs> I would see people's code. Like, when rollovers, very, dude, this is so funny. I'm telling this story. Like, there was a time when the internet was completely static <clears throat> and nothing but text. And then when images came on, they took forever to download and they were very rare and at some point you could like drag and drop photos in and build a web page on Netscape Navigator so I created a flip logo and called it Flip Central and got some pictures and did some graphics and then there was this thing called a rollover where if you rolled your mouse over an image it would turn into another image Mm. so you could do like a light switch in the off position when you roll your mouse over it turns into the on switch so I was doing you know toggle switches on guitars it was a pretty decent website for its time it was I had I was stealing code for all these games like uh (laughs) (laughs) like uh hey can you play flip hangman hangman i would just i would just look at the code and go okay i'm seeing a pattern in this code and then i would change it according to my what i wanted it to do now you you can still do that now but it's that was the wild wild west days and it was so fucking fun to do but yeah there's hangman and there was uh checkers and there was checkers, not chess, but checkers, and each thing had a flip head on it. Yeah. There was like four or five different games, and, and I did 
Yeah, man, I was I did it every day. I worked on it every day, pretty much. Yeah. And so that got me in. I did a 3D page where I took uh, two cameras and put them next to each other. And then you take photographs that way. And then you bring the film from one camera into Photoshop. Well, you bring them both into Photoshop and you separate the channels, the left one and the right one. And then you do some kind of thing where you fill it with red and blue. And then you get those red and blue glasses and you look at your computer and it's totally 3D. So I'd flip it in worked. 3D. Yeah, totally you worked. You were the cathode ray tube? Uh, yeah, man. It looks awesome. You can t feel like you can jump into the TV. Oh. And uh, so I had Bryn with his coyote pointing at the camera and all the customs around him. And it looked like you were, you know, the coily cord coming at yeah. the camera and shit. Yeah. I'd, I would just find tutorials and people's sites and i'd look at the code and just like adapt it and do it to flip so that and i was at all the photo shoots and doing a lot of them and kai was doing almost all the graphic design yeah, for everything and else and like we had a we totally had a kiss diy home depot rock and roll thing going you know absolutely no some of that i mean i love the music but yeah the, the shows are always so much fun like one of the outdoor shows you guys saw Urban Sprawl, does that sound right? Yeah. Yeah, I was like in a parking lot on a Sunday. Yeah. Uh, the cops came and shut everything down. <laughs> a lot of those. I, th I think, uh, yeah, there was. Uh, there's another lava one. Lava Lounge, the... we did one in the parking lot of the Lava Lounge. Okay. You, you, there was a street dance kind of in the 400 Cedar Fest. Area. Cedar Fest. Yeah. Yeah, that was awesome. Cedar Fest with the porn section, the horn section, but we called them porn section. We got one of those orange scissor lifts from Home Depot. Yeah. And guys with horns, and we did uh, a little bit of the Chicago. Well, we had a song. What was it that had horns in it? Hey! Hey, hey, hey! I can't remember what the fucking name of it was. <clears throat> But there was horns in it. And we had these guys dress up in orange suits. Yeah. Oh, man. I love weed. <laughs> anyway, yeah. That uh, that was one of my very early on gigs, too. I actually saw Flip do Cedar Fest, I think, once or twice before I even joined the band. I have pictures of them just being a fan out in the crowd. Wow. But yeah, I, w I was a huge fan of, fan of Bryn since the Obsession days. They were like my favorite band of all time when I was a kid. Like there was Dare Force and Chameleon and Paradox and all these bands. And I loved all of them. But Obsession was the mo one that was kind of like Kiss, you know, there's kind of right. each guy had their thing. And, and I did really fucking dig their tunes. And uh, so what was I getting at? What was the point? I have no idea. <laughs> Well, it's kind yeah. of my fault. I really just set up. You hey, said something about us this. being the kind of being. Oh like yeah, Kiss, well, but yeah, but the whole kind of Kiss vibe. Um, yeah, a little more colorful though. Not 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 so much black and silver. Yes. Um, a lot of so, well, how about that? Where did you get those that bodysuit rubber thing? You were like, I I don't know stores that sell that. Like I uh, had, I found this little, literally little tiny old grandma lady in Sauk Rapids. Yeah. It was just <laughs> on whatever main street that is that goes through Sauk Rapids along the river, you know, uh, whatever. And there was a home altercation sign there that I just kept seeing every time I drive. And I just, it, I never occurred to me that, it, you know, I should stop in there and see if this place can make clothes for me because they're so close. And the lady that owned it was tiny. She looked like my little tiny grandma. And I just, I towered over her and she was so sweet and cute. She's like, what can I do for you? And I'm like, I need a pair of leather pants. Do you think you can make leather pants? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. 
and she was so sweet that she just kept asking me questions about it and and fast forward she made me a pair of leather pants that I don't know if you know this or not, but they can't find a piece of cow material long enough to make leather pants one strip. That's why you always see leather pants with some sort of seam at the knee. Always. Because they, they, you can't find a strip no, of leather No, I own a pair, long. and it has that seam you're talking about. It just depends on how you want the seam to look, whatever, but you always have to have a seam there. She, she's the first one to teach me that. So I said, well, let's do a cool That's V, amazing. you know? And then do the conches, the whatever, the buttons, the big silver buttons down the down the side, bell bottoms, you know, and then the top or the football lace. So no matter if I gained a few pounds or lost a few pounds, I could just tie them tighter, you know. <laughs> and then I should have done that. Yeah, I could probably still put mine on once in a while. <laughs> yeah, but I forgot about my thighs. That didn't help in that area. That's why Gene Simmons had those crissy crossy things. <laughs> But then when it came to the flip days, yeah, I was like, hey, what about a bodysuit out of this rubber? I found this yeah. rubberized material. It wasn't span. Well, it was kind of, I guess it was spandex base, but then it was coated in rubber that would stretch. And she found, or actually I found some pattern at the Hancock, Bangkok, Hancock. And uh, it was just a bodysuit pattern, but she measured me and altered it to fit the pattern and made me these fucking suits, dude. They're like double stitched and see like I was shopping for these things when we were in New York and LA and all yeah. these places and the prices on things you know I, w- I would have bought anything just to have it because I needed to have it no matter yeah. how expensive but you just couldn't find anything cool and if it was cool it was cheap as fuck just garbage I told her you know how much money we could make <laughs> with you making these clothes the <laughs> quality you do and she'd get done making it like zippers here stretchy elastic here that you can't see so it fits tighter in certain places you know just amazing craftsmanship from this little old lady and i go i go we could make two thousand dollars per outfit i swear because she'd get done and go well let's see you owe me about 77 dollars. is that okay oh boy granny here's two hundred dollars and let's see how many more we can pump out i'm start sending them to soho in new york man get get you retiring early and she literally made clothes every band i had been in since that for like 10 years i was at her place all the time and then one day she retired i went in after not being there for six months and i went back in and the lady said she retired she goes do you want her address she'd love to see you if you want to go out and visit her so i said no just tell her that if she ever thinks because she still owned the shop she just never came in and she came out of retirement and built me two more flip outfits. Hmm. That's very cool. <laughs> Sorry, I had to share. If anyone in Sauk Rapids knows that place, altercations right along the river, whatever that is, going, and it says uh, they have a handicap ramp on the side. Okay, next question. Uh, another rumor I heard, and th- there was a message board to the Flip Central thing, of course. Those yes. were really popular back Guess then. Guess book. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, it was afterwards, like the, the site went quiet for a while, but that message board kind of stayed active with, you know, with fans and whatnot. And I would check it once in a while. Um, and again, I, this is, I, I asked Bryn the same question, but I'm also going off of memory. So this isn't, you know, it's been a lot of years, a lot of activities. Totally, you know, man. All right. So I, I don't mind getting slapped back. But anyway, and it also, this is 100% a rumor. So it's like not even a verified thing. Uh, it was that there was a falling out with you and Bryn, some kind of blow up, and that's kind of what ended Flip. Um, no, th- that happened after, after oh. Flip had been done. Okay, so there was. Are, are you guys not copacetic? Or? Yeah, we're totally copacetic. Um, yeah. All right. 
I, I'm just gonna read the room and move on here. <laughs> there was some there was some shit that happened after the band broke up, but the band the band just I think the band just broke up because we were just tired. We were just done. Yeah. You know, because everything we had done, we had done. The four of us had done. I mean, you we, were in we, it with when they played Woodstock. Yes. Yeah. Right on. Yes. And that was, you know, we played our set, and then we were asked to stay the rest of the weekend in case any bands didn't make it. They were mm. going to put us in. Did, that never came that up? That never came up. But fuck, dude, it was real. I mean, I was in full freaky attire in Mohawk for, was it three or four days? <laughs> yeah, full on. Like, I remember shaving out in the sun in the mirror of the van, shaving my head, and sunburned, fucking flaking off and shit. It's got to be ready. Yeah, you fucking red hot chili peppers might not make it. <laughs> yeah, That'd be great if that was everybody had to hang around within a certain area because there was two stages, one at each end of the. It was a fucking military base, so it was a long fucking jaunt from stage to stage. You couldn't hear one band while the other. You know what I mean? They yeah. were so far away you couldn't hear each other. So. Everybody was like, stay within, you know, if it's going to take you 20 minute walk to get back, check in every hour kind of thing. The whole, yeah. No cell phones. Or if you did, they were, you know, Wait, didn't barely work. So, yeah. yeah. On the military. Uh, especially base. out in the middle of nowhere, they're not going to get shit for reception. But, right. Uh, well, you guys also did Edge Fest and X Fest almost every year. I'm pretty sure you were at the one that had Def Leppard and Buck Cherry. Do you happen to remember that lineup? I, I remember Buck Cherry playing there, but I don't remember Def Leppard. It's must, <laughs> Buck Cherry canceled at the last minute, and then it was it went Buck Cherry and then Def Leppard. And like by that time, everybody's been drinking all day, and I think they're trying to keep the crowd. In hindsight, I think they just tried to keep the crowd. He's like, hey, Def Leppard's agreed to come out and play a little early and play a longer set. And I Def Leppard waited that. about as long as it would it take for Buck Cherry to do an hour set, do a quick changeover, and then Def Leppard came out and they so they didn't go no, early. And they, but they just about every ten minutes they had a guy coming out, uh, like they're just hey. about ready. Yeah, yeah, exactly that oh kind of shit, man. Oh my god, were people getting pissed? I don't or recall they... BB being getting ugly or anything like that, but uh, I thought it was kind of comical. I'm like, there, it's just dude. I remember. A lot of re I could do a documentary on just my memories from the Edge Fest that we played, and Cherry did the first one. He was still in the band when the first one that happened that really broke him that MTV thing where yeah. MTV did a oh the local band Flip out of Minneapolis. And that was the is that the, the serial one? They were throwing mud. Oh okay. And Bren was like egging the crowd on and mooning the crowd, and they were throwing <laughs> mud and rocks and shit. Um, but every every time we played it was some huge event you know come jumping out of the 12 foot cereal box and beating yeah. the shit out of the um boy band that yeah, was in that place was of us and it turns out one of the guys in that is was oh my god i'm gonna forget who that is too and be such a schlock but some guy in a, a local been band enjoying some of the devil's it, lettuce today so yeah so. Hopefully, the people will forgive you. There's okay. people that, thanks to the internet and thanks to Facebook, there's so many people that I know that look so much alike and mm -hmm. have similar names that yeah. I can't. Seriously, like, you guys have the same name and you're in same kind of band, whatever. Not that I'm talking about this boy band thing, but it was years later I woke to him. He goes, you know, I was one of those. Oh, I think it's, I think it's um, Chad from Pop Rocks. 
that he was like, yeah, I was one of the guys in the band that you came out and beat up. Like Kilo came flying across stage and punched the guy and he had blood capsule in his mouth and Flip, you know, yeah. Flip comes out and beats up the, for those who don't know the story, beats up the boy band. Flip can't make it today. They're stuck in traffic kind of thing over the PA. Was, was it just a generic boy band or did they actually say it was, I, I thought they said I it think like Backstreet said, or, yeah. And they so, played a song. And, yep, and, they, they, and the guys worked up a dance routine yeah. and everything <laughs> and then. <laughs> they played the dun, 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 music and too and the, like the flow. I, I don't know. I, I was at that show, but uh. and then there was the one time that Space Hog was playing right before us, and oh, people were yeah. chanting "Flip" between their songs. Yeah, and we were a oh, huge. Everyone in Flip is a huge Space Hog fan. We've all listened to that record over and over and over again on the road. So we're all side stage just loving these guys, and people are Flip. We, we weren't being seen either. It wasn't like they could see us and we're yeah. chanting. They were just wanted Flip, the next band to play, because no one knew their songs. They only had the one song, right. and they were waiting to play it for the last, yeah. So we're like, oh, fuck, fuck. But the two brothers came up after our set, and were like, God, you guys are a fucking cool band. It's like, <laughs> Space Hog said we're cool, man. They all, I, they all kind of morph together. Those, and I was going to the Ozfest pretty much every summer on those too. So I always have to like almost do some web oh, research yeah. if I want to get specific. But I remember one year, Brother Kane Kate played after Green Day, and they were not received quite as well as Green Day. And I remember the singer uh, Damon is that his name from Brother Kane was like, uh, "Hey, come on, you guys clap for fucking Green Day." fucking clap for us or something like that like, and Courtney Love one year had a fucking total meltdown yeah I remember that that was, that. That was fun <laughs> god one year with Ozfest when all original sat I don't know how many did they do god, it seemed like every other year guys. it was Ozzy and then the, the band so uh, they at least did three I know you know like where it was like the original lineup it was for me it was amazing because I was standing with Lori Barbera from Babes in Toyland were pals. And uh, Coup, Jimmy Coup, Coup de Gras, and Tom Dades, Tommy D. And, God, there was one other local rock star guy. But it was like the fucking rock royalty, Minnesota yeah. rock royalty. And I'm standing in the middle of the crowd watching the original Black Sabbath playing the songs slower than the records and just <laughs> fucking like it doesn't get any better than this we're all singing the words to every song just screaming it like oh, it was so great great yeah memory. those are really a lot of fun shows too yeah. you know it's like a little community with that campsite down there too yeah, and all that yeah stuff. flip did a yeah. breakfast shows a couple yeah. times show up in the campgrounds there's some of that on youtube <laughs> fun well, what about Bill O'Coin? Do you have a fun Bill O'Coin story to share? Got a million of them. Seriously, no doubt. Um, <clears throat> my favorite one, though, for sure, and most famous one is in Claim to Fame, is the when they finally released the Kiss very first shows at the Coventry. Mm -hmm. Remember, or is it the Daisy? Whatever one, the black and white footage. You yeah, can see okay. Lita Chris yeah. dancing with some I other think girl. It might be the date. <sighs> it, it doesn't matter. It's the very first yeah. known recording of kiss yeah. and bill had it the whole time we were in the he was working with us in the band and he told bren and i he had an open invitation he goes you guys can have first copies if you find a way to get this transferred because it was like black and white one inch sony tape oh. videotape or something whatever it was it was weird and rare and he said if you could you know and me and bren kind of dig dug around a little bit 
poking around with a few people we knew to see and to no avail, and then we just kind of forgot about it. But years later, he found someone to transfer it, and he called us, and he's like, I got that video transferred, and I'm going to be showing it to Gene and Paul, and I'm having a meeting with them in a couple weeks to discuss what we're going to what we want to do with it because it's my tape mm -hmm. but i want the band to utilize it and you know whatever but i want my cut and whatever right all totally cool and he said i had dibs on well i could present an art project for it the marketing for it oh so i came up with this whole design called the kiss holy grail and it was the holy grail yeah. of all things kiss at the time before everything exploded and they came back all back together and all that shit right so I'd still have all the sketches of all, how is the, the point of purchase thing at the music store would be this thing with a velvet whatever and the, you know, the whole deal. And uh, him and his boyfriend, Roman, who owns an art agency down in Florida, they both loved it and thought it was going to be great. So we have a meeting in New York with Hollywood Records. No, that wasn't Hollywood Records. It was whatever, whatever. Yeah, it was Hollywood, the division, whatever. We had a meet, Flip had a meeting with the record label people, and Bill was there with us, and he told me and Brent on the way there that he was going to bring this DVD of this fucking Holy Grail Kiss yeah. footage. And I'm like, you're going to have it on your person? <laughs> and uh, he said, well, yeah, a copy of it. So Bryn... <laughs> He, you know, this is kind of a make or break moment for the band. It was kind yeah. of a shit or get off the pot with the record label. It was a big deal. And I couldn't concentrate. I didn't care. They're not my songs. I'm not going to make any money off them. Whatever, man. Whatever Bren's going to do, he's going to do. And I'm on the, I'm along for the ride. Right. I want to see the fucking Kiss video, man. <laughs> so we're in this, we're in this like third, 14th floor of this building in New York and fucking... Uh, we're in this conference room waiting for those guys to come, the record people to come in. And I see a fucking TV with a v DVD VCR yeah. thing. And I'm like, Bill, 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 come here, come here. And he comes over and I go, put it on, put it on. He's like, I can't freak you. And I go, come on, dude. They're, we've been waiting for like 10 minutes. So they're going to probably be another 20 minutes. I talked him into it. So he pops it in. And those guys come over and they look at it and they're like, you know, I give it up to them. You know, they're worried about what the fucking future of the band is going to be. And I'm just like, it's going to be what it's going to be. We're watching this Kiss video before <laughs> Gene and Paul are seeing it, dude. No human being has seen this except for us and Bill Coin and the guy who transferred it. Uh, and we're watching it. And it just was amazing. So I had my little flip phone. <laughs> <laughs> and I recorded like 30 seconds of, of it. You know, yeah. with a little shitty flip phone on yeah. a little black and white TV in a conference room just to have it. Like, I don't know, in 40 years from now, if, you know, if any of my kids ever show up and claim to be mine, they can say, my dad <laughs> was the first person to ever see. But in in hindsight, that thing got released with no fanfare whatsoever. It was yeah. put on the box set yeah. at the end. And yeah, like, and wasn't it actually like an Easter egg, too? I'm not sure about that. It might, it might have even been an Easter egg, dude. What a fucking letdown. Yeah. The first footage of Kiss ever. The, it's the whole show too. Like hear him tuning between songs, yeah. and the camera just ran the whole. This I don't know. I thought it was, I thought it was amazing. Me and my Kiss friends were like, 
freaking out about it, man. I, that's that's the kind of stuff that I want. You know, yeah. what I want mean? to I want to see more of that kind of behind the scenes or that obscure. They did show a lot stuff. in that new show on. on yeah, A&E. I was surprised at how much new, like unseen footage yeah. there is for me. You know, I mean, and they milked it because they'd keep showing it over and yeah. over. But it makes you wonder. They, you know, they're probably sitting on a shitload of it that they're just going to keep releasing as they need more houses or what? I don't know. Yeah, I have no idea what the the holdup is. I just. They have a different mindset about the whole thing, you know. Every one of them, you know. I mean, I know Ace and Peter don't have any say anymore, but I mean, Ace doesn't give a shit about any of this stuff. I yeah. Mean, you know, it's just it was what he did, and you know, to him, it's like it was almost like if he had a job at Arby's. It's like, right. oh, you found my old Arby's hat. You know, it's like you know, that's kind of what it's like. Oh yep. no, Ace, this is not an Arby's hat. This is uh, your fucking you know platinum award for your solo album uh, yep. on the f- floor behind the couch. <laughs> <laughs> I know, man. Did you ever go down the uh, Bill Baker rabbit hole? Mm-mm. Who's Bill Baker? He's a he's a dude who was really tight with Ace for a while, and he had an Ace Freely tribute band. He was doing an Ace Freely, was it Comets? Freely's Comet tribute band. Okay, like um, wait, just to the that era of Ace? yes, <laughs> Check. like uh, on Step Brothers when. What's his face is doing the '80s Billy Joel tribute? Yeah. <laughs> Piano man, woo, sir! It's an '80s Billy Joel tribute band. And I yeah. know that when times get tough, you got to remember to keeping the faith. <laughs> I would prefer those kind of tributes, honestly, than the ones that that, that are out there. Let's uh, shift gears a little bit to hairball. Um, I'm going to shoot. This is a very broad based question. Like, I'm not asking you to open up your bank account or like that. But just as a question of like curiosity, uh, did you make more money with hairball, I assume, than you did with flip? Yeah. Like, like, we don't have to talk numbers (laughs) here. I mean, it. I'm going somewhere with this, by the way. It's okay, not, it's not to well, make Flip, Flip look bad or anything. Like we that. did make we did make a chunk of money when we signed a record deal with Hollywood mm-hmm. that we split five ways. We gave Bill a coin, I think, an equal cut because he never really he he Bryn met him when he lived in New York and they were friends. They were yeah. buds. They they worked on a couple projects together, whatever, but nothing contractual or I don't think money was ever exchange it was just he really liked the band and believed in the band and just wanted to help us out when we signed with arts label he was kind of the mouthpiece for it and he kind of you know just was with us at all these big shows of uh everclear yeah yeah for the listener yeah he found a flip song and fell in love with the band and he had a private or a spin-off label of hollywood i think it was called artemis records i think it was off hollywood or off i don't know warner something like that but he signed two bands with us and someone else. And um, sorry, I'm not trying to jump off track here, but keep going down the. Oh, the. What, what was the question? Go back, rewind a little. Oh, I uh, just. Um, uh, the, the money. Making more money. Okay, with so we split flip. the money with Bill because he never really. You know, it was like, here, man, you're you're part of the band as much as anyone. You've done so much for us. Here's a chunk. That was the only time we ever made any money. Otherwise, we always put the money just back into the show. Yeah, None of the gigs terrible. we really did were money gigs. They were exposure gigs and playing on you know in front of the the fucking post office on tax day and on the roof of the yeah. fucking hair salon in uptown and yeah bill uh talked to cops yeah yeah doing anything uh, <laughs> yes. uh that one i was yeah. there at that one i won't give you a ticket if i get to meet your manager <laughs> <laughs> but and and hairball was a money-making machine 
Yeah. So well, I just saw them in Duluth, and there had to be about ten thousand people there. There was eight. That's been a gig that's just been insane. Right. Every like I've seen the pictures. This is a. They've been doing it since before I was even in the band, and it was on a small scale, and it just it just kept growing. I think the last time I played there was two years ago, three years ago, and there were 7,000 people. So, and just it's a gorgeous setup. Too. Oh my God. It's, it was literally one of my favorite places. I'm sorry. I'm saying literally too much, but, uh, seriously, one of my favorite places to play. Cause you know, all the boats, you could see them when the sun yeah. went down behind you and that, all that shit. That's great. Well, here's where I was going with that. Um, was that kind of like almost deflating in, in a certain sense? Because you're 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 an artist. You created. You've done the, the stuff with Flip. You did Useless. Uh, other bands where you're kind of doing your own kind of. You're you're putting something fresh into the world. I had a a, a, a guarantee financially different situation, but we, I never made a penny. Uh, like literally, like it was all loss, 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 loss. And you won't be surprised by that. But until we did covers, and we started doing cover shows. Again, I've never had the hairball kind of level, but I've made $1,000 in a night. And and it just like, after a while, it got kind of soul-sucking, to be honest with you. It's like, I don't like a lot of these songs. And <laughs> it just... There isn't... Is a, there that aspect? Or I think it would be a lot easier in hairball, standing on that stage and seeing that. That right. probably helps it through a little bit. But Yeah, and, and, the, and we built that thing. Right, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, yeah, the, the history of hairball is... And that's not a cheap shot at flip. No, no, or, not or at all. Ball. Not at all. I, I think totally. Hair, hair I think ball. everyone understands okay. exactly yeah. what your question is. Hairball is, is amazing. <clears throat> yeah, and it wasn't. You know, it started off as a goof. Admittedly, it right around the time I moved to the Twin Cities, of, like about twenty years ago, at least. Yeah, yeah. And it's the twenty where Chainsaw it's used to sing, years. right? Like, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. his band. He created it, and it was that was the that was the promo the tagline for the promo a spoof on the 80s yeah so it was a literal joke he was changing the words and changing the outfits to be funny and silly and and it was a joke and then slowly it just different members came in and certain things happened and just started getting a little bit more serious and a little bit more attention and and it had growing pains and it's still having crazy growing pains it's right. 21 years old and it's like when something moves that fast I told Happy a long time ago, I'm like, dude, this, there's no controlling this. It's a boulder rolling down a hill, and we're lucky if we can try to nudge it every <laughs> once in a while in the right direction. And, um, and it, was, it was, you know, DIY from the get-go. I was working doing the band's website. I, changed, I redid the logo. I did all their posters, merch, everything for two, three years so before I even joined the band. The same way you got into Flip, kind of. Yeah. 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 Now, and I wasn't there. Like I even told Brand, I go, I'm, I know every song in Flip's catalog on guitar, bass, and drums. I, I almost did a drum show with Flip when Kilo's baby, second baby, was going to be oh, born. Oh wow! He was. That would have been kind of. Fun. He was, dude. I was scared shitless, but I was ready. I rehearsed my fucking ass off, and it was only a 30, 45 minute set or whatever. But his, I can't remember what the deal was. His son was born before the gig or. Like he knew he wasn't, whatever happened, he was able to do the show. And I was kind of relieved. All right. Because on guitar, I would have been okay. And the bass, I would have been probably all right. But I remember even when I joined, I, I, I was playing bass and I well, had before, before you joined, like, you almost did a drum show. I got you. Yeah, yeah. I was okay. still a tech guy at the time. Right on. <laughs> so, hey, well, what was the catalyst for you deciding to, to call it a day with, with Hairball then? Uh, was it just not fun anymore? or? No, it's always fun. It just. I just knew that it was never going to end if I didn't end it. You know, mm. the money was incredible. 
and in and it was deservedly incredible you know we all work really hard and i i especially you know was not especially like more than anybody else in that sense just i'm constantly working on graphic design and videos okay. i did all the videos the content behind the band the whole night i did all that content oh wow okay um you know and happy's the guy who designed all the stage shit and you know and we were the same way in the dead cowboys you know building wooden fences and fucking building horse troughs that have dry ice come out of them and shooting blanks on stage with real guns all that kind of stuff was fun to get into it's, and do. we just can't help it it's like <laughs> it's always been a priority to me at every riffraff anybody in and, the band elect, an electrician <laughs> oh my god yeah or or you just figured we just figured it out you had to tap the 220 no matter where you played back in the day so you just kind of did rock paper scissors and whoever lost had to do it we made this giant like light it, i'll just show you so you can see the logo so it was this is the logo for jesus christ sir. Right. so we, we made a, a like a giant light you know very much inspired by flip and we just piece of plywood cut holes in it mounted went to axe man bought all the light bulb things yeah and we just put regular light bulbs in it yeah and we and the thing weighed like just ridiculous totally man and we took it we played it at that we the we did a show at the jungle right after the, the show with you guys we had another gig there of our own um uh, about two weeks later, and that was the first time. That was the big, the big debut the of the unveil. thing. We we turned the thing on, <laughs> and it ended up it ran for about you know five six minutes. Then everything in the the bar goes dark. No. We shut the thing. It was like we don't know what the fuck we're doing as far know, as. Man. And we go over to see what's going on in that that the the electric cord is like a piece of spaghetti noodle. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just hot as fuck. That's scary, and it's we like, never used it again. <laughs> feel like it's gonna melt in it's your like, Well, that was a lot of work. <laughs> did you ever see Flip when I had did the solo and had the blinking mm -hmm. base lights going back and forth those were those yard lights those rectangular yard lights that you'd put to and oh your, sure so i filled i had four in each each cabinet and i was rigging up a foot switch so i could do my talk box solo and then play my bass and run the lights with my feet and I and I went to the electronics store in, in uh, Minneapolis, right by Brennan Kilo's place. And I told the guy what I wanted to do, and he said, "Dude, you're gonna blow yourself to to pieces. You can't run that kind of power from a wall <laughs> outlet into a metal foot switch yeah. and into the light." And I'm like, "Well, I don't know. I just..." So he grabbed a piece of scratch paper and drew the schematics. I still have it. Here's what you need to do. Yeah, I'll sell you these two relays, and then those go to this, and then these go to these switchers, and then they go to this, and then it goes in your thing, and you have to ground it here, blah, blah, blah. And he drew it all out and sold me all the parts. And it took me a good two weeks of work until four <laughs> in the morning up there by myself trying to get it to work. And I finally did. I was like, Eureka, it works. I'm fucking hitting both switch with my big stomping platform boots on. Switch, switch, switch. That lasted on the road about two months. And then Kilo wound up doing it sitting behind his kit with a power strip. Two power strips. Okay. <laughs> on and off. Oh, just a little... Thump. That low tech. That, that's a more my speed. That guy slides a schematic at me. I'm like, can you just do it? <laughs> I was like, this is going to be the greatest thing ever. And it was. But it was like. No, it was cool. It turned into more because then it was still had the chords. And then the chords got, they were, you know, five conductor and they'd break. And it's like, what if you just plug them into extension cords and give them to Kilo to sit down and flip them back and forth? Our, our first light board was like light switches. Totally. 
like when you flip them up and yep, down, yep. and each one was connected to an outlet right there. And it yep. was just same thing. Floodlights, colored floodlights. Yeah, yeah. We made a snake out in front of the yard. You know, fifty foot extension cords from Menards, yeah. and just tape them together. A lot of those yard parties, like in farms, were some of the funnest ones. That I don't know if you, I have to assume because Flip was always doing like I remember like you guys would do like garage gigs like yeah. last minute and <clears throat> and we did three in one day one time. Yeah, one was in St. Cloud, one in Minneapolis, one somewhere else. So we had a crew bouncing. They took the set from the first set and went to the third set and yeah. already had a second set. So we had two crews. Well, and they're two still kind of doing stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, they, they just, just did, did the a, like thing. nine pubs in three yeah. days or something. Exactly that. <laughs> and then they did Record Store Day where they hit like yeah. uh, six stores. Um, we went and saw one of those. But uh, was there any talk did, did, Any talk of you going back to Flip at all when they decided to put that back together? Yeah. Um, well, it was kind of a long, I mean, the, when was the first thing at first Last Avenue? Last few years. Yeah. Like five, maybe 2015, 14. Yeah. Izzy Presley probably knows. Yeah. And I went to the, I think it was the next weekend at the carpet. It wasn't the next night. I thought night. it was vice versa. And I thought it was back to back nights, but, uh. No, I know they, cause I know the carpet was the second night. Okay. Cause I, I wanted to go to the first night, but we hairball played. And we played the second night, too, but I got off early. I think... I can't remember. But my girlfriend at the time was like, you're really going to regret not... Because it was just one of those nights. I was like, oh, I'm not going to go down there. But then I was like, yeah, I do. And they got me up and did, you know, three songs or something at the end of the night. It was super cool seeing them all. And Chia was at that one. Yeah. Yeah, like he, like he did... The, I think he did two. Yeah. He wanted in both of those two shows. Yeah, so I was doing the hairball thing full on. So no, Bryn didn't even ask. Okay. Oh, so I guess, yeah, I, I'm thinking about that. You just actually fairly in the last couple of years just quit hairball. So, yeah. I, I, and he had already been doing it. It just came in while we were talking. Um, as you can see, I've already, I didn't even use my notes here. I turned out anything <laughs> at all. Um, <laughs> I have a lot of fucking, a lot of rabbit holes, especially yeah. with kindred spirits that we like the same rock and right roll. On, and like, you know. You know, hey, uh, with something about Happy, circling back to kind of what we talked about at the beginning of the show about, um, you know, a guitar player with talent not being able to do some of that easy stuff. He's kind of like, he fits so many holes and like, I don't know about you, but it, and you probably could tell by my our earlier conversation, I get really irritated when I see a cover band that just the guitar players clearly mail it in. Sometimes they don't even learn it right. They don't have the right Dude, notes. Dude, imagine being hairball where you sit in the truck and listen to every oh you can't not listen in the opening yeah. bands because you're getting ready for a show it takes that long and it's there's just so many of them that just don't give a shit the signature thing like i don't even know what it is though like why are you even here like that's like stranglehold you know <laughs> when that drum part comes in that If you're a drummer, wouldn't you spend all damn yeah. week learning that? Because it's fucking fun to play and you air drummed it your whole life? Nope. I just know it does something like that. So I just yeah. do something like that. And it's not... It would drive us fucking crazy. It's like you got to know when you have to play something to note for note. Yeah. And when you can let it breathe and do Perfectly said. Yeah, because I'm not talking about guys that are adding their own flavor or a band trying to do a unique spin. Exactly. I'm you don't have like, to. We're not, like, neither me or Jason are saying you have to play shit note for note. 
but there's things as a musician you'd think you'd want to because mm-hmm. that's the hook or that's, that's the, the vibe of the song. That's the vibe Everything of the song. Political. Yeah, man. Anyway, Happy is fan. One of the there's no it's <laughs> no wonder why he's in that band. I mean, like he's one of those guys that does it. He'll go from Kiss to Eddie Van Halen and he'll capture the vibe of each band properly and do it justice. Yeah. When he yeah. goes and does a poison, poison yeah. solo or Twisted Sister, yeah. he goes ape shit and just plays as fast as he can yeah. or as weird as he can because he's having fun playing guitar and flopping around like a dead fish. <laughs> you know, but when he's playing Queen and Aerosmith songs, he's nailing it. Uh, well, yeah, it, this has been a lot of fun, but we are kind of getting close to, I don't know, you know it, it, there's not a real time limit on this, but I know I got a couple things prepared to do with you here. Is there anything we want to promote? Uh, I just, I'm just i just happy as hell you agreed to do this, man. This is fun. Um, the Invite only thing over, I really want to, it's a great segue to promote, is Happy's Benefit, August 22nd at right uh, Rockwoods and Otsego. We just launched the website this week. It's teamhappybenefit.com. Super easy, teamhappybenefit.com. I mean, all of of us friends of his knew there was going to be a benefit at some point. Mm -hmm. It was just like, there's no way that someone can go incur as much physical damage as he has. I mean, he, to button his story up real quick, he went in for hip surgery because he just blew his hip out after being a freak for so many years. And while he was there, they had him, he said, check my, my throat and stuff. Cause I seem to have, you know, re- acid reflux more often okay. than I shouldn't. And, uh, the doctor said it was fine and don't worry about it. We'll check after the surgery. And he had a girlfriend, friend, that's a girl, a couple of them actually <laughs> insist, go back and tell the doctor to fucking test give you what you need to test that and that's when they found stage three esophageal cancer okay so he did the hip surgery and then they had to cut part of his stomach out part of his esophagus out sew him back together and the you know chemo endless chemo and radiation and all that shit and he was in remission for two years and then they found two more lumps and since then he had a different kind of chemo well, the doctor said they can't operate anymore, so it was like they're thinking you have a year to two years. Right. And then this new chemo that he's on is really doing well. It's shrinking the that tumors. That is excellent. I mean, I didn't really want to get into it. I wasn't sure what the prognosis is. You know, I do want to know how. I'm glad you. you yeah, I don't should. want to bum anybody. No, he he's the first one to not want to talk about it on stage or anything and bum right. people up. But he's totally. It's he's just been very candid on very, Facebook. Though. Yes, yes. Um, he was live when you walked in the door. Oh, I was watching him do his live thing. He was oh, just wrapping geez. it up, <laughs> just yeah. updating people on what's going on. And, but yeah, the chemo is is uh, kicking his ass once every three weeks, and it kicks his ass for a day or two. But he's he's fucking out on the road. They're playing. They're they're doing all yeah. their scheduled shows, and he's doing great. And uh, the benefit is just you know. The hope and the optimism is there, but just in case his wife and kids don't have, he's got an adopted son who's who's like eighteen, I think now or something, and then his biological son Hunter, who's three or four or something. Yeah, he was, he came on stage at the end of the show. Uh, yeah, that was, right? that was cute. Yeah, yeah. So that's normally kids that's irritate the shit out of me, uh, uh, <laughs> Randy. But I got to tell you, that was kind of nice. Yeah, he, he has a good way of making it kind of cool when he brings a kid up. No, <laughs> like if they a... suck, he's not afraid to kick them off. <laughs> <laughs>
But yeah, so there's going to be uh, quite a few really cool surprise guests at this show, actually. And there's already the fabulous Armadillos are playing, uh, Rising Force, new metal band uh, in town, um, Pork Chop. A lot of people know Pork Chop, Hairball's bus driver who has his own band. He's a blues guitar player. He's playing. Faith and I are doing a set. Um, Brian, the new bass player in Hairball, him and his girlfriend are doing it. There's like a an acoustic stage and a main stage, and hmm. so there's nonstop music. They'll and be you said like, at Seagull, what that is, is that? What's the venue, dude? Rockwoods. Okay. It's uh, just right off 94 and right on. Hot Seagull there by Albertville or whatever. No, not Albertville. Rogers. That. Mm. But uh, teamhappybenefit.com. Yeah, check it out. <clears throat> you can donate there even if you're not going. You can buy T-shirts and um, whatever. But it's going to be a rip-roaring Sunday. It goes from 2 to 10, which I kind of like. I hate when things are open-ended sometimes. <laughs> you yeah. know, like... If you know it's going to be 2 to 10, you know, you can know that you're going to be heading out at 10 o'clock if you want, which is nice. Yeah, we didn't know that when we saw uh, Hairball on Duluth that it said, I was like, I've never been to this thing before. I, everything, I, I can't find any information that says anything but Hairball's playing. It's it's a kind of a, a community thing tied in with the fourth. Yeah. You know, a lot of those things are a little more like, yeah, they're going to start at 6. So there's a chance. Of, let's just get there, you know, whatever. And I'm like, if you were there, you know who I'm talking about, but... The first opening band was just, it was such a buzzkill because it's like you kept thinking, well, maybe they'll wrap it up quick. It'll be like a half hour, you know, and it was just like they had two opening two, two opening cover bands. One, um, the second one was much better. Not My Cup of Tea music-wise. It was a lot the of like... 70s kinda, Sunshine yeah, band? Yeah, 70s Sunshine band. But that's they the were, band Brian was in before he joined Hairball. They were very good. <laughs> they sounded tight. They sound like a band that's actually played together. The other one... <clears throat> yeah, they're all yeah. old school players. Yeah. Lance from Gemini singing. Well, um, definitely for people that uh, have, don't know the situation about Happy, check out the website. You know, there's other ways to contribute, I'm sure, through the website, you know, if you can't yeah, make yeah. it to the show. So, yep. Um, now, in a really hard shift, we're going to go to something ri- completely ridiculous here. Mm-hmm. I've been doing this game every, uh, every episode of this. So, and, you know, we never even got into this a little bit. This is a sidecast I'm doing for the summer. I call it Suns Out, Mike's Out. Um, and it's basically just to kind of be loose and kind of celebrate. That you know how in Minnesota we have summer, we almost have to embrace it a little harder because you know we know it's going to end a little quicker, that kind of deal. Yeah. So it's just enjoying all those things, everything from you know uh, I don't know whether it's grilling and listening to music, having some beers with some friends, going to concerts outside. I mean, totally. They're all kind of my favorite things. So that's what you're part of. So thank you for for being this. Uh, um, I don't know if I'll do it again next summer. Yes, this was an experiment, so we'll see how I feel next. Have you year. been hearing like birds and stuff in oh, the background? Yeah, yeah awesome. I love. I love, that, That's my favorite part. Is that, like you know, especially because people listen to podcasts a lot of with <laughs> earbuds and yeah. stuff. You know, it's like you know, it's like you know, it's stereo too, so you can kind of hear it. There's, awesome, um, very uh, awesome. One guy's backyard, a, the helicopter was over uh, from the news. Was <laughs> must have been in uh, Minneapolis. No, yeah, Minneapolis. it was. Uh, and you know what it was? It was the night that um, not to be too tragic here, where that that most recent shooting in Uptown where. Uh, we had no idea what was going on. We just the newscopter was there, but that was the day where the, the federal marshal shot some guy in a parking ramp. So yeah, yeah. Who who was he? Who are you interviewing there? That was a guy named Bud Berge. Uh, he's uh, now he did like the Jesus Christ or music videos. Like mm. like you know. So in my little world, he's a guy that connected to the, in the past. So cool. Yeah. All right. Well, the, the game we're gonna do now it's called Who Said It, Ted Nugent or. I'm going to give you a quote. I'm going to give you a choice between Ted Nugent or somebody else. And you have to determine 
uh, how many people got this right. Now, are you familiar with the comedian Don Jameson from that metal show? Yes. He has the record on this so far. He has 8 out of 10. And it's the same question to every guy? I have. I, I start with fresh, because I want to make it for the listener, I do new quotes each time. Uh, you know, so the people listening at home can go, ooh, I wonder which one it is, too. See, I'm, I'm trying to make it uh, entertaining okay. for everybody. Yeah, well, then everybody could listen to the previous week and get all the questions. Well, there's that, too. But I I, I have to admit, I don't think that was a huge concern. <laughs> 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 but, uh, yeah, so, anyway, everybody else, four, five, and six. That's the, 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 the scores are right in that five zone. So let's see how you do today, Randy. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. Six. Yeah. All right. And, I, you know, it, since you have it, listen to the show i'm going to tell you flat out and it'll but it'll be really obvious there's one softball in there for okay. you okay <laughs> so you don't get goose egg yeah you will i get yeah i had one guy get the softball wrong but uh <laughs> he's just a buddy of mine who was Some playing along so. shit. yeah episode one for people who want to go back to that andy show anyway all right so your first quote here uh randy who said the following uh ted nugent or jill duggar who is the patriarch of the tlc show 19 kids and counting She's the mom okay. of that family. So if you've heard of the show, you, or I think the title gives it away if you don't know anything about it. She has 19 kids. Okay, so here's the, here's the quote. Was this Ted Nugent or, or Jill Duggar? God gave us the gift, gift of life, the most precious gift ever. Was that Ted Nugent or Jill Duggar, who has 19 I'm gonna children? I'm going to have to say Ted. Yeah? Oh, you got it right. Hey, right out of the eight, you got one. <laughs> no deliberation. No, there's like Ted. Yeah. All right. Um, all right. Well, let's get to it. The next one, then. Who said the following? Ted Nugent or Mike Tyson? Ted Nugent or Mike Tyson? My love is like a tire iron. Ted. Man, you're just killing it. That's two for two. Uh, maybe I should have made these a little harder. Uh, no, I'm doing them by deduction, man. Yeah. I, yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. Well, especially that one because Mike Tyson can't say that. <laughs> well, he might have said he, <laughs> he might got have accused said of rape. He could have, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, before he yeah. got. Yeah. They didn't all. This is, these are from all all periods True. of time. So. And plus, I can lie because I'd say Ted told me that. You just didn't hear him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Don tried to pull that with one of the ones he got wrong. He wants to go with nine. He's like, there's no way Ted never said that. So. <laughs> That's kind of what I thought of number one. Too. Okay. All right. So the next one up then is like, who said the following? Ted Nugent or Bill Gates? Um, if you can't make it good, at least make it look good. Was that Ted Nugent or Bill Gates? Ted. No, it's your first one wrong. That was really. Damn, I didn't think you'd be that loosey. I yeah, that's why I picked that one. I was like, well, that does nice. not sound Very like good. <laughs> All right, who said the following? Ted Nugent or former vice or first lady Michelle Obama? Uh, you have. You have to practice. This one's a little wordy, so I got to set myself up here. You have to practice success. Success doesn't just show up. If you aren't practicing success today, you won't wake up in 20 years and be successful. Was that Ted or Michelle Obama? Ted. That is Michelle Obama. All right, well, <laughs> now you're getting Both cold. are preachy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not that that's preachy. Yeah, it's all right. It's true. <laughs> all right, next up, we got uh, Ted Nugent or Dennis Rodman. Hey, that's bullshit. Um, there's a lot of fucking successful people that haven't done shit. Okay. <laughs> you know what? You're, you're goddamn right. You can wake up and be successful. More pe- I, I think more people wake up successful than people that work at it. 
Yeah. More people born into it, more people that fucking get hit by a car and fucking turn into a billion. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just think, Anyway, go ahead. That's something to ponder. Yeah. yeah. That's some food for thought. That's for the listeners. All right, who said this? Uh, uh, Ted Nugent or Dennis Rodman? Um, <laughs> the answer is yes. <laughs> <laughs> they say Elvis is dead. I say no. You're looking at him. Was that Ted Nugent or Dennis Rodman? Dennis. Right on. That's got to be now over you're the back, top. back, baby. Dennis. All right, <laughs> so you got three out of five so far. Five left here. Um, so you can still tie it on. Um if there's oh the following uh, was this Ted Nugent or Arnold Schwarzenegger? Um, if there's one thing I am, it's always right. Was that Ted Nugent or Arnold Schwarzenegger? Ted, got that one too. All right, there's four for you. Um, the next one then, who said the following? Ted Nugent or Al Sharpton? Ted Nugent or Al Sharpton? Fuzzy-headed idiots hate me. Ted Nugent or Al Sharpton? Wasn't that recent? <laughs> Uh, I swear to God, Ted got in trouble for saying that recently. I'm going to say Ted. The other one right? Yeah, I swear to God, he's a, I, I think I remember him <laughs> walk backwards his way out of it. I, I, I don't know when this quote was said. This, I know he's had a lot of COVID uh, uh, stuff that's come out that's been a lot of fun. But All right, who said the following? Was this Ted Nugent or Kermit the Frog? <laughs> Um, <laughs> I was wrong when I said I never promised anyone. I promised me. Was that Ted Nugent or Kermit the Frog? Ted. That was Kermit the Frog. Oh, All right. Wow. Now, Randy, you Damn, got you got good. five. You, you you still got a chance to get two more to get get a solid second place here. So, all right. The following then, uh, who said this? Uh, was it Ted Nugent or filmmaker Spike Lee? Ted Nugent or Spike Lee? I may have been born yesterday, but I stayed up all night. That's good. I hope it's Ted. I'm going to say it's Ted. That is Spike Lee. Damn it, right. Ted. You fucking idiot. You should have said that. <laughs> All right. Your last one here is then. Uh, who said the following? Was this uh, Ted Nugent or Justin Timberlake? Ted Nugent or Justin Timberlake? My baby, she'll take a chance. My baby got a brand new dance. Wango Tango, Wango Tango. <laughs> that put me at the six that I would guess I would get. Right? Yeah. Didn't I get a six? Yeah. I thought so. Well, do you want to make it official? Who said it? Ted. Okay, there we go. All right. That last birdie, that last gimme putt. <laughs> yeah, I would like to throw one in there. It's just kind of ridiculous. That's but, good. Um, who, who was it, though? Who was the other one? The last one? Oh, uh, Justin Timberlake. Justin. It was like my baby. Was like, <laughs> That's good. Uh, you want to try playing a song? Yeah, let's do it. You going to show me how? Yeah. Or uh, just tell me the chords? <laughs> All right. One, two, three, four. <laughs>
And by the way, that was the best take. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 22 by 28 square yeah. box with yeah. windows. And there's every there's windows every square inch of it. So we got the door open, windows open. It's uh, it's you know it's a beautiful Looking summer over evening. The lake. Yeah. Can you see the lake or is the shit in the way? Yo, you can you can see the lake, man. <laughs> <laughs> Surprised we haven't. You're heard doing all right, peppers. Randy. <laughs> it's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points. 